Yeah. We're about to see Curtis all these yeah, frozen slides him. where he's getting progressively <laughs> madder. Smashing the keys. <laughs> Just uh, Kurt, let's play just one more freeze before this, and but make it your best pose. But you got to guess it, okay? Just make it ready. And I'm frozen. I'm already frozen. Is he frozen there? <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. February 8th, 2022 in the house. We are in Super Bowl week. I am Brock Fleming and with me as always. And nothing is more fitting than this entrance with your sunglasses. Microphone checker, swinging sword lecture, closing down. Usually it's P Dog. Today, it's Viper. And you should have given me the heads up that you're changing your name to Viper because you would have had a much different <laughs> entrance song. I'm not changing that. my name to Viper permanently. Just, just, just no? today. <laughs> I, I think as long as you have those Viper glasses on, you are forever Viper. I think you got oh. like a snake, like uh, it'll dance be my or something. Ego. It'll be what I, whenever I wear these, I'll, I'll change into another human, like a more of an aggr- more of an aggressive, rude person. <laughs> you know, one of those types of guys. Uh, when I oh, posted so, it on Facebook, so Pierre you guys on Messenger. Were when you guys were replying, I had posted on social media that, you know, I want, I'd like to be officially known as Viper because all my friends call me that. And then you guys started chiming in with the, we've never called you Viper. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> so good. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, a couple of... Uh... Birthdays in the house this week. Mike Dean, listener of the show, good friend of ours. His birthday was on Monday, February 7th. No, yes, Monday is the 7th. We're today the 8th. Happy birthday, Mikey. We got a birthday today. So, uh, Kane Fleming's mother's birthday is today, Mary F. Provo. Uh, shout out to Mary Ev. Happy she's birthday, lovely. Mary Ev. The sweetest person really, you'll like, probably ever meet. Like she's great, big fan. Also a great dog sitter. Mm. Uh, and then we have two birthdays tomorrow. So Kane Fleming's birthday is tomorrow. He is fourteen tomorrow. And <clears throat> my son Jackson has the same birthday. He's ten tomorrow. He's finally in double digits. He's moving on. He is the youngest in the family and is now in double digits. So life is passing way too fast. But happy birthday to all of those. A special birthday to Kane, uh, Kane and Jackson for tomorrow. And uh, looking forward to celebrate again with you guys over the next little while. Amazing. Um, shout out also to Nobility Performance. Uh, they identified that they have the cold tub therapy going in Oh, there. they got it. Yeah. And I am pumped to give that a shot. Now there's, you know, there's so many benefits. I know they listed it all on their Instagram. You know, there's some negatives, you know, there's shrinkage, but it'll come back. But it's all good. <laughs> you got a you got a light back there that's uh that's flashing? Is that uh, distracting? I, like <laughs> I thought it was my glasses. I'm like, oh, maybe my glasses is throwing me. Oh, it's I like it. It's uh I I don't know. I stuck the LEDs around the whiteboard cuz the whiteboard okay. seems to be a bit more of a focal point lately. 
Okay. <clears throat> I don't want to give away too much of what's on here because these are the props that we are going to be going over uh, right at the end of the show. Super Bowl-related props, and we're going to get your take on all of those as well. So I'll mark those down. Obviously, if we just go and pick the game, it's not super exciting. So if we, we do the props a little bit more in-depth, and we'll, uh, I kind of want to see where your mind is on that. Sure. Hey, before we get into that, let's. I just want to mention quickly, uh, you know, the Ottawa Ottawa Red Blacks went ahead and and signed free agent quarterback Jeremiah Mazzoli, who I think in 2018 he had nine straight games where he threw for over 300 yards, which is a CFL tied for a CFL record with um, uh, Sam Echeverry and Kent Austin, I believe. But that's pretty incredible. That wasn't that long ago, you know, and he's had some injuries since. But I think overall, if you think about the um, quality of a CFL quarterbacks in the, in the league currently, I think it's, yeah, I mean, you're going to pay for a quarterback in the CFL. It's the prime uh, it's a prime position in all pro football, but especially in the CFL. Everything, you know, it's a passing league. So yeah. it's it's worth the money. It's worth the risk. Uh, 450 know, grand, is that worth it? Well, I mean, he's... He's proven he's taken the Ham- Hamilton to the, the Great Cup twice. You know, I know he came in in relief uh, uh, this year, but I mean, hey, the guy is a proven winner. Uh, yeah. He has the CFL tools. You know, maybe a change of scenery will 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 be good for him. Although, you know, he had a pretty good in Hamilton. I- I'm excited for the Red Blacks. I think that's what they were miss- certainly missing: quarterback leadership this year, um, and and overall just wep- weaponry. I mean, they went ahead and and re-signed William Powell, which I think is another good signing. Very good. So now it's time to address the line and maybe get a weapon or two on the outside. Who knows what, how they'll do that or where they'll, where they'll do that. But your thoughts on Jeremiah Holy Mazzoli signing in Ottawa? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, when we watched Hamilton and what they do, what they did last season, you saw that they had two pivots. You knew one of them was going to move on. So it was a matter of which one they felt. Uh, Who's the other guy again? Uh, Dane Evans. <clears throat> right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Dane Evans? Yeah, I think so. Um, younger guy, you know, not as, as as experienced, but it came through in the in the playoffs when they needed him. Uh, they ran with two guys. But I think Masoli, like you said, that's what Otto was missing, is that veteran presence at the quarterback position. And, you know, your weapons don't need to be all-stars necessarily as long as they buy into the system and they follow a guy like Masoli. So, mm. you know, again, there's 450 grand that they're paying the quarterback. I hope they're going to put – uh, finance the offensive line to make sure he stays off his back. But he's a guy that, you know, he's pretty – he's successful. He's got a good track record. You know, he can use his legs when he needs to. Um, I, I like it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's uh, it's definitely an upgrade from where Ottawa was. So, they've, they've kind of got that key piece in place, and now they can build around it. Yeah, and I'd, like I say, bringing in William Powell, too, I think takes some of the stress off. Mazzoli, you know, you've got um, you've got a run game, and yeah, you got to address the offensive line for sure. But I think uh, I think it's a good start for sure. Uh, I didn't like um, the uh, platoon that they were doing last year with Duck Hodges and the other young kid who he did the best he could, but Given the he just wasn't ready yeah. for the CFL this year anyway. So um, hey, it's good good for the good for Ottawa. You know, as you know, I I attend a few games with usually with your brother or with you or all three of us when we're when the stars align. And it's a good time, and it's nice to see good football. I mean, the last three years, we're talking about a 3-15 and team. It hasn't been good football in Ottawa the last couple of years. So 
Um, no, and we and were spoiled for the first few years, right? Always having for those, sure. those competitive. But that that's, you know, Hank Burris is there, and he's a guy. He's a staple. He's that piece. I think the best thing Masoli can do for the organization or, or in hopes of the organization is that now those young quarterbacks, that whole carousel that they had, they'll keep a couple of them, that mm-hmm. they have somebody to follow to, like, guide them through how the CFL works, what to do, how to prep, how to read defenses better. It just mm-hmm. seemed like the blind leading the blind in that quarterback room and I think now they got somebody who can actually bring some a veteran presence that that can actually they can lean on a little bit more, which I think is probably uh, for the best. It's got a winning record, so I mean that's good. Uh, shout out also to uh, Ottawa's very own Jesse Lucetta, who was in the Reese's Senior Bowl uh, this past weekend, where you know he plays for Penn State. He's a, he's was an outside linebacker, moved to kind of a rush end. Uh, kid had three tackles, two sacks in that game. I think really kind of put himself on the map. So it'll be interesting to follow him over the next little while as he prepares for the draft process. Uh, but I just wanted to shout him out real quick because of uh, cool. all things he's doing, and he's doing it the right way too. Like, um, you know, again, off field, on in the classroom, all that kind of stuff. He is leading by example, which is phenomenal. Awesome. Um, I know we're getting it. We're going to go into the – Super Bowl. That's going to be the main topic today because that's Super Bowl week. I'd like to remind the listeners, if you want to put in your prediction for the Super Bowl score, so Rams X amount, Bengals this amount, give us your score. If you submit Mm. it during the broadcast, so while we're on, if you submit it while we're on and you win, you'll win a $50 gift card of your choice. That's impressive. Uh, so again, it's got to be with, while we're online. So we may not yeah. be the full hour today. Just be careful. Don't wait to the last. If there is a tie, I think I put it in there. If there is a tie, we'll have our first Unsportsmanlike Convo arm wrestling competition between those yeah. two. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Which would be interesting. Uh, real quick, did you watch anything? Because the NHL had their own all-star weekend. Uh, did you watch anything about you that? You know, I was too busy uh watching the raptors to be perfectly honest all that stuff was going on the raptors were, were in the middle of a they're in the middle of a six game winning streak there, there's the trade deadline coming up in the nba I, I haven't i'm not i'm not paying attention to any hockey at all i did watch, i thought you were uh, going to say you were too busy watching paint dry uh, <laughs> well i may as well with when it comes to these all-star games uh you know i really have a hard i'm not interested they, they don't they're not targeting guys like me my age i mean i there's nothing for me to get excited about it's not competitive. They're, they're playing for nothing. Um, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the to develop the game or or to uh, promote the game, and that's cool. Um, they just I'm, a guy like me is checked out for the all. So I'm not interested in seeing, uh, you know, uh, th- I mean three on three that means nothing. I mean the goalies are so good. I just it's it's boring. I have I've checked out. Like the Habs are playing tonight. They're playing the Devils as we speak. There's nobody in the stands. They have won six games all year or whatever their record is now. I'm checked out. Like I'm, I'm just checked out uh, with COVID and everything, and what's going on with the Canadian teams and having no fans in the stands. Uh, I mean, it's just brutal, you know. And I think they've made a pr- proposition to Gary Bettman to play some games in the states so they can have some fans, um, so they could be the default home team and, and generate some of that revenue. Um, and n- no word from Bettman. So I mean, I don't know what's going on with the NHL. Why they don't want to help out our Canadian teams. But uh, we got to help ourselves not... to a point too. Like we need to have some of these regulations loosened up. I think a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think sounds like it's that's... coming next month. Sounds yeah. like it's coming in a couple of weeks though. So yeah, which whatever it is, what it is, it's not on the NHL to accommodate our 
governmental views on the vaccination and the lockdowns, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with it. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought, so I, I didn't watch it live, the NHL skills competition. I did YouTube them and sort of take a peek at what was going on. Uh, you know, they really, like from a Vegas standpoint, went kind of above and beyond and changed a bunch of things, you know, from guys playing blackjack by hitting pucks through the certain cards. And, you know, the breakaway competition was on like celebrity goalies. <clears throat> it was kind of so- cool to see Manon Rayon back in that, so I'm not going to lie. Because mm-hmm. I remember like, I remember her as a kid and, and the, the hype around her and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, it was, uh, it was interesting to see. Um the actual three-on-three game day or whatever event, if you will, I thought, you know, at least it's not a normal hockey game. It's a little bit out of the norm. It's four teams. You know, there's there are mini games. There's a million bucks on the line. There's, you know, it's three-on-three. It's quick. So, again, for the generation that doesn't have a long attention span, you know, it's it caters to that. So it's a little bit different. Mm. Flip side, you go to the Pro Bowl. <clears throat> Pro Bowl, even them, did you watch any of their skills competitions? Yeah, I think I saw a receiver throwing a pass in the skills competition. There was some. It must have been an event where they were having an maybe it was an accuracy. The throw accuracy. Or something like. So that uh, yeah. Justin Jefferson was throwing, and so was right. uh, Beckham. No, uh, no, it was uh, anyway. Maybe Hunter Renfro or something like that that was throwing yeah. the ball uh, not very well. Um, <sighs> You know, the passing accuracy, you know, Wilson won that one. This thing called Thread the Needle, you know, had two boxes, a bunch of holes. They had a DB in front of each of these big boxes, and the quarterback had to alternate between and try and get the ball in these holes, threading the needle, if you will. And, I mean, Mac Jones won it. There was one play, I think Trayvon Diggs, like, caught it, but then, like, caught his arm, like, in the circle or something like that, and it was kind of like, oh, like, what's – is his shoulder out? Like, the next couple plays, he was sort of like – you know, favoring his shoulder. Last thing you want is an injury on that kind of stuff. They had the one best catch. I watched the best catch again on YouTube. Watch it. The, the Diggs brothers are both in it. Uh, Stefan Diggs is on top of a truck, uh, jumping off, catching a ball, and then going through a table owed to the Buffalo Bills fan club and all that kind of stuff. But it was very, it's, it's slam dunk esque. You know what I mean? Hold up the 10, the 9, whatever mm-hmm. it happens to be. Mm-hmm. It, Vegas and Vegas seemed freezing. These guys did not want to be out there. Um, and then, you know, the other one was the fastest man. You got Micah Parson. Impressive enough that he ended up winning it. But, you know, again, Hill hardly even is set. He's not even a three-point stance. He's wearing, like, a windbreaker and probably running shoes. Micah Parsons is shirtless in a I'm running my 40 stance with cleats on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ends up winning it. But ultimately, who cares? who cares? And then the Pro Bowl's even worse. You know, in, in Mac 90s- Jones scored a 60-yard touchdown. And if you watch the video – he gets he gets past the, the linebackers and then the, everybody else literally stop and walk towards the bench like they're done and he's got fifty yards to go and he's just running like you know white guy running as fast as he can to get that end zone and everybody nobody's been looking they're looking the other way they're talking to each other on the field like it's it was an embarrassment no, we've, we've already spent way too long on this on the this Pro Bowl that's awful and uh, you know in the nineties. The, some of those skills competition. I mean, Larry Allen had a bench press competition. They used to have that back in the day. That was really cool. You know, he bench pressed 225 for what, like 50 reps or something crazy. You know, like that was cool. And it looked like they were. I want to. I don't want to say they were. They were trying harder back then, but it looked like they were. They were playing for something more meaningful 
but like more prideful at least. I want to be the fastest guy in the NFL. I don't think these guys care. I, I also don't think they're the gap between the fastest and the, the second fastest or fifth fastest is that big. I think there's the guys are so fast now in the NFL. I mean, Tyreek Hill might be like a an edge faster than everybody else, but probably not by much. So I don't know. I, I didn't watch a second of it. I any any All Star anything, even including the NBA, which is my favorite sport. I don't watch. Uh, maybe catch the dunk contest. Maybe catch a three point contest because it's uh, the three it's point got contest. History is there. The it's like tradition. You know what I mean. Yeah, but the dunk contest has become a joke now. Like you can miss ten of them, and then they'll you get the on the eleventh one you actually get it, and then they give you a score. I'm like, well, he missed the first ten. Like, you know, at some point you got to pull the plug, and I don't know. So the All Star Games, we had I had brought up a, an idea that Matt Putve had mentioned that he had already brought up a couple of years ago, which is just coincidence. But I thought make the uh, instead of the Pro Bowl, have the Toilet Bowl, where you have the bottom four teams play a, a semifinal they started the week before and then the the bye week in it during the super bowl is the final of the toilet bowl and the winner gets the first pick and everyone else follows suit i mean it keeps games sort of relevant keeps four bottom feeder teams relevant for whatever keeps their fan bases interested just a little bit longer and i don't know <clears throat> now you have 18 teams that are relevant instead of uh the 14 that they have right now so yeah maybe uh, or, you know, that they added that 18th week, you know, and have the 18th week be almost open. You know what I mean? Like, so they can say the 18th week, okay, you have these two teams playing. Like, this is this is important. Or the last four play in that sort of game on the 18th week. The problem is if you start going past 18, you know, you have bonuses involved, I guess, for these teams that do it. Mm-hmm. You have players that are – they've done their season. Maybe they're free agent after and like, no, no, I'm not – I don't. I may not even be on this team. I don't care. You know, like mm. it, it's. I don't know. I think there becomes an issue with that. I just don't see that. You know, I understand yeah, it maybe. from. You know, we do that with fantasy football and stuff. I get it, but um, to keep people interested. But I think at that point, like players are are done. You know what I mean? Like yep. there's there's a lot more in terms of the the players' agreements and stuff that would come involved with that. But I mean, it's an interesting idea for they, sure. I would I, assume they do away with the Pro Bowl just just and do away with the week <clears> off. All the momentum of the game. Imagine if it was today, tomorrow, or yeah. this, sorry, if it was yesterday. How like the the buildup was pretty big this week. Now it's kind of now it's going to start to taper off again. Then it'll build up a little bit more towards the end of the week. But it reaches its buildup peak this week. Though this past week, I yeah. find we had two know? great weeks, two or three great weeks of football. You're looking forward to that, like, hey, what's happening? I get the week off. I get the 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 it gets people healthy it gets teams acclimated to those scenarios and they get to do all of the mandatory press and all that kind of stuff for the week up because you can't just like ship out on the monday right after the game necessarily there's yeah. a bit more planning involved and then you know ticket sales they want to make sure the ticket sales and the corporate stuff and give a bit more time to make sure that that all comes together as well but mm-hmm. i'm with you if we if they didn't have that if we could just get the game the week after it would be awesome because yep. i totally agree with you this week off is a downer i yep. would like to see them abolish the game and go back to the full old school quarterback skills competition lineman type skills competition and get those guys in there and put prize money i mean there's everything's sponsored i just threw out my list but like the nhl one it's the honda accuracy it's the ea mm-hmm. sports this like there's big sponsors you say you win that event you win couple hundred grand or something you know what i mean and just it's always been like that i think they've always had some spawn i know it's the gatorade slam dunk and the whatchamacallit three-point shot for in the nba and, and I, I know with the nfl they've always had the skills competition has had been attached to some 
some sponsorship. They just never took it seriously enough in terms of prize money, I think. Right. Anyway, I, I would like to see all those old Larry Allen bench press competitions. And, but the old That'd school, cool. I want to see the quarterbacks throw. We talk about that, like the long throw, and you see the guys mm-hmm. run up. You know, the last time I saw it is the highlight from like Cordell Stewart and uh, whatever. I want to see uh, Josh Allen, uh, mm-hmm. Bear, uh, who else launches it? Mahomes. Like just go out there and launch the ball and see exactly how far these guys are actually throwing. Yeah, love to see that. One thing that I did notice – it was Al McKinnicks and uh, McKinnis and I Afraidy. They were sl- uh, slap shot, hardest shot winners forever. They got over 100 miles an hour. Am I correct? I Afraidy did for sure. Okay. I, I'd have to check McKinnis, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Wouldn't you think that with all the technology in hockey, we would be getting like 110s now? Like the winner was 103. Well, again, a fact checker would be would probably be able to find this out. I. I I thought Cherik smashed one in like a 108 or 109, didn't he not? I feel like we'd have to look that up. But yeah, no, you'd think with the with the way the sticks bend and all that, like yeah, I just think though you're gonna max out somewhere around 105, 110 for NHLs. I don't think we're gonna ever get it. It's not like tennis where the guys now are serving, you know, 15 or 20 miles an hour faster on their second serve, you know, yeah. than guys were serving on their first serve. Chara 108.8. Yeah, so I mean, it hovered around there. You'd think it'd be faster, but yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Good question. The way the sticks bend like that, the torque, geez. Oh, we got our first entrance. We got the Rams 28, Bengals 24 from Facebook user Unknown. My guess That's a pretty safe bet. Probably. Actually, I don't know. I was going to say. Big Yen. Oh, okay. Yannick. Yannick. That is a safe bet. That's. I think the Rams are plus four. Yeah, the, or minus four. So yep. you're right on. It's the score and it's a push. So whatever you bet, it's going to be uh, null and void. But twenty. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about one quick thing before we get into the uh, Super Bowl. Um, uh, Kyler Murray, he's in the last year of his contract. What do you take with this? All of his Instagram deletions. I know you you know uh, you had mentioned this morning that you know hey it is social media. Well, uh, we shouldn't put that much clout in whatever happens there. But that being said. I mean, he t- he basically deleted everything that was related to the Cardinals and stopped following them. Um, you know, he could that you could do that for your mental health, maybe. Maybe he just doesn't want to see the drama. Maybe he's still recovering from the tough loss. I, I don't know. But what do you? What's your take on that? Honestly, I haven't put enough thought into it because I really need to know what the situation. is. He's not a free agent after this year. He's got, he's, another, he's got one year left on his rookie contract. Okay, he's not. I mean, yeah, he didn't perform great in the playoffs so is he getting heat from that I don't know but I didn't say we shouldn't take that I'm just saying it's sad that a message like it we take such a big emphasis on what they did with their social media as this big message so the fact that he he unfollowed a bunch of people that were his team and and whatever you know we make it into this big like uh, you know, like he's flipping the bird to the Cardinals. He's super upset and whatever. Who knows why it's for? But the fact that we, you know, again, we analyze it and it's such a big part of our life, you know, it was kind of an eye opener. Like if I said, oh, Pierre stopped following, uh, I don't know, Tim Hortons, Tim Bits or something. I don't know what, you, is that a thing you can follow? Anyway, would I yeah. be like, oh, he must have had a bad experience or whatever? Like, no, it's yeah, but if I, I'm not, if I was working for them, it'd be a whole other message. If I'm working for them, I say, you know, hey, I'm not following you anymore. I'm taking you off my my content. I think that's, I think there's a little bit of context there. It's just, it's not a smart move if you don't want to draw attention to yourself. And he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that wants to draw attention. 
it's probably not the right choice. And if if let's just play devil's advocate, let's say he does want to leave or he's he's not happy. What? Find me a better scenario. You got Hopkins. You got um, another young receiver. You've got AJ, AJ Green, Green. You've got some talent. Like what? 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 Why would you even want to move? So, like, I don't know. Just be smart about your. That's your team. You're committed to them. That's your city. They've embraced you. Um, you're an undersized scrambling quarterback. You've had some success. Um, stick with it. Stick with it. None of this. None of this uh, underlying message nonsense. I find that really is more disturbing. The like, hey, get to the point. You got a point with this? You really want? Do you want to leave? Do you not want to stay? Like, what's going on? So. Yeah, I was just trying to see if I could find anything that, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald hopes everything works out between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Okay, like, anyway, I don't know I don't know exactly what this is for or what the reasoning is. Obviously, it hasn't come out, so I don't know why, why this is happening. But, uh, you know, I agree with you. If you have something to say or you have an issue, like, address it. You know what I mean? You're a grown man making millions of dollars. Yeah. Um. Speak up. Like, don't do this. I don't know. I find it very childish, I guess. Mm. Uh, another so, entrance, Rams 24, Bengals 17. Okay. Right. Okay, so very good. Rams covering. How about um, Tom Brady coming out and saying, never say never, like a week after re- officially retiring. I'm calling I'm calling him coming out. He won't even, he won't even make it to uh, training camp. He will come back. That's my call. I don't think he's retiring at all. I think... He was perhaps pressured into doing it with some of the uh, reports that came out prematurely beforehand. I mean, he's it's a great situation in Tampa still. He's got a loaded defense. He's got all the weapons. I'm sure they'll add a piece or two. Why? Uh, I thought him retiring now is silly. He's got a year left on his contract. I know Giselle kind of wants him to retire maybe. I don't know. But, like, he's got to come back. He, I mean, come back for one more year. What, when you, You're going to regret it, leaving it at the top of your game like that. And uh, not emptying the tank, I say come out and, and uh, empty the tank. Like, you know, you don't want to go out like that with half your team injured. And, you know, they weren't their full squad, obviously, playing against the Rams. But yet they still brought it brought it back to what, like uh, a touchdown? End up losing by a field goal? Yeah, they brought it back. They tied it up. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, anyway, I could see him coming back for sure. Well, I said, until I see him at a podium, full tears, he's not retired. Mm. You know, so I... Obviously, I still believe he's going to come back, and I agree with you. Come back and do it. He needs to have – it needs to be Brady's final year. You know what I mean? Like that decision is made beforehand or very early in the season that, mm. hey, this is my last season. And then it becomes that whole – you know what I mean? Like everybody mm. wants to see Brady one last time around the league and all around the things. Like – that's the magnitude of this guy's retirement and, and the effect he's had on the game. He has to go out like that. You can't just go out with like uh, a last second field goal and then you go off into the sunset where you're losing the playoffs. Like that just doesn't work for the Brady story. You need to come back and you need to have that announcement. This is my final year. We're doing yeah. this. You're getting guys that are coming in to probably play with you still. If there's any free agents out there that are mm. still uncertain or whatever, Tampa Bay will do what they need to. He is going to do his best to finish on top on the Super Bowl. His teammates will play for him, but the league needs him to do that tour, that whole like year-end tour. You got 18 games, 17, 18 mm. games to go around. Um, everybody gets one last look at Tom Brady uh, in this final year, and that's that's the way you go out. 
And, you know, he's an MVP candidate this year. He's, you know, I, I get there's pretty cool to go out on top like that. But, um, you know, you know. You know, you got there's a lot there's like a lot of gas in the tank left for that guy. And I, I'm not ready to see him go, and I don't want to see him retire like that. Just sort of like on a through a text or whatever he sent that the Instagram. Like, no, I it wasn't on his oh. own terms. It was yeah. leaked. No, he's gonna exactly. Come back. Uh, third one is uh, producer Mike. Did I have a disclaimer that says if you are you work for the company, you, you can't win the prizes? Yeah, Mike's buying it. Uh, Rams twenty seven, Bengals <laughs> twenty. Interesting. Awesome. We're going to get uh, yours at the end, Pep. Sounds good to me. All right. Into a Super Bowl. We got to hype it up a little bit because uh, the Pro Bowl is such a life sucker. Well, let's talk about... uh, I want to talk about the Rams really quickly here. Let's just say that Matt Stafford, who just turned 34, by the way, and you, as we know, not every quarterback can play into their 40s like Tom Brady. I think the average, what we're seeing in the last decade is, you know, a 36, 37, 38 is when we see the decrease in skill and ability and athleticism and all that. You know, you look at Breeze, didn't have his arm. You know, Philip Rivers lost his mobility. Ben has been a mess. Um, some of these old quarterbacks, 36, 37, 38 is what we're seeing for their life, their shelf life. So is it possible yes that if sam if sam sam matt stafford i always mix him up with sam bradford for some reason matt, if if uh, matt stafford wins the super bowl is it possible that he retires yeah i'd say it's a i think it's a strong possibility i think the trade and stuff to detroit you know he was aware that that trade would be a two or three year ordeal you know, say allow for some missteps, allow for, you know, them not to get the deal done um, in the Super Bowl and say, you know, we're back next year, whatever. They're, they're there to make a couple of runs as it is. Mm. I think it also it will come into play the rest of the team, you know, because there's some older guys, you know, Von Miller, those kind of guys. Do they want to play another year? Well, Eric Weddle just came back two weeks ago so he's probably he wins he's out like that's mm, i think yeah. a, a no-brainer um <clears throat> but anyway i think the scenario has to play into it. but i think if stafford can go his whole career in detroit and get those you know the accolades and stuff with it with that kind of team and then move to the rams and win a super bowl in his first year i think you almost go out on top mm. i would not be surprised be like a john elway and you know the last two three games you know, he's uh, he's still got a lot of zip on the ball, but there were a couple of throws in each of the last two playoff games where he was about 10 yards short on the deep balls. And I, I can't remember if it was, it might have been Nance or Romo saying, Talking, hey, we, he, he might, might be, be hurt. He might be hurt. Or, you know, you lose a little, you, lo- you lose a little bit. It just comes with age. And uh, so maybe there's something underlying there that Romo doesn't, Maybe Romo leaked, or you know, who knows, right? But it's definitely a, pl- a plausible scenario for him to win and, and leave. And again, that would be another quarterback this year, you know, really leaving their team sh- shorthanded. I mean, if if Tom Brady's gone, is done, I mean, Tampa's screwed. If uh, the Rams lose lose Stafford, I mean, they're screwed. There's no there's no backup right now. The, there's really the thing not, is, it doesn't uh, matter. They're built to win now. If they win yeah. a Super Bowl at home. They've accomplished check check check. That's it. They yeah. that's it. It's gravy. 
You know what I mean? Everything else is is good to go. You draft somebody else, you trade somebody else, but you have reached what you needed to reach. Super Bowl, at home, new stadium, all that kind of stuff. You're mm-hmm. built for it now. You got it. That's You're for happy. Sure. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. So well, if he leaves at that point, you can't blame him. And, you know, unless you convince him to stay and, and think that you guys can go back to back or something, which they could very well. You know, if everybody kind of bought in when you have those teams. But as we're seeing, it's not easy to go back to back. So mm-hmm. do you want to take that risk or and just kind of go out on there? Or you say, you know what, I've reached my pinnacle. I've gone through everything. I've just made the playoffs for or I got my first playoff win, you know, in whatever it is, 13 years. Mm-hmm. We won the Super Bowl. I'm good. So let's break down. Let's actually break down the, the, the competition here. I've been looking on paper at, you know, where the weaknesses on each on each team, offense and defense. And um, defensively, I think both teams don't have many weaknesses. I mean, the linebacking play in Cincinnati has been really good. Their D-line has played really well. Their secondary is, um, I think, probably a, a pleasant surprise for them. I don't think they expected Eli Apple to play as well as he has. Mike Hilton's come in there and been like uh, probably the best uh, nickel corner, nickel slot anyways, in the NFL. And uh, he has played exceptional. That defense is causing turnovers. I mean, they looked, they made the Chiefs look very pedestrian in that second half. So, you know, I, I had a really hard time giving the advantage to anybody. But if I look at the receiving cores, Cooper Cup might be the most polished right now out of, out of both teams. But from, okay. a, from a core, I, I have to give the edge to the Bengals. I mean, T. Higgins, uh, Boyd, and uh, Jamar, obviously Jamar Chase. You know, um, if their tight end is healthy enough to play, I mean, I'm going to give the check to them as well because Higby's not playing. Mm-hmm. So you've got um, a Bengals offense, you know, offensive line aside, that has more, way more weapons. I think, well, maybe not way more weapons, but definitely give the check to them. Uh, Mixon, hard runner. Um, you know, P. Ryan's a, a decent spell. I give the edge to them in the backfield. So, you know, when we're looking at Burrow, Burrow and uh, Stafford, I mean, I, I've, I, this is so hard to pick. I have the, I had the Rams initially winning. I don't even know who I'm going to – I'll tell you who I'm going to pick later. But, um, like, what's your take on, on the offenses? Who has the advantage here? <clears throat> you know, the weapons that the Bengals have are as good as anybody's. Yeah. I think the biggest thing – so, my – the, one of the, well, the biggest key is can Williams, Spain, Hopkins, and Deniji and Prince keep Burroughs off his butt? That's going to be the biggest thing. But in order to do that, <clears throat> it can't be these five guys alone because the defensive line at the Rams, so Don, uh, Donald, Miller, Floyd, Gaines, like those kind of guys, that front four is good. Mm. They're also extremely good in pass rushing. So if you can establish the run and get something where the best way to neutralize a really good pass rusher is to rush at them. Mm. You know, you get the quick guys on the edge, you get the whatever, they got good, pat. they're quick enough for the pass rush. If you can then run the ball at them, that usually helps neutralize them a little bit. Now, again, they don't have a lot of weaknesses, but the Bengals O-line versus their D-line is probably going to be the biggest thing. That's going to come down to a lot of what the play call is going to be. They need to scheme. They need to uh, a scheme to help the offensive line. So, you know, set up some screens. Use them at, at opportune times. The, mm. the quick passes, the dump-offs, 
those kind of things are really going to come into play to help that alleviate some of that stress. Because if the Rams get nine, eight, nine sacks like the Titans did against the Bengals, I think they're going to be the Bengals are going to be in tight. Like it's going to be in tough, and uh, it's going to be really hard to say we're, we're going to win twice with giving up almost double-digit sacks in they, one. They game. gave up a ton of sacks to Tennessee and Kansas City, right? Tennessee, yes. Kansas City, not that, not as many. I mean, he was sacked, but he also he moved around the pocket a lot better. Like yeah. Tennessee really brought that, and that's what the Rams are going to do. There's four guys that are going to be coming around. And mm. if they stay in their lanes and stuff like that, then they'll be okay. But uh, I peanut, mm-hmm. my daughter yeah. chiming in. So anyway, that's what about that's the, my what about the uh, Rams' offensive line? The Rams' offensive line is good. Is is I mean, it's got one of my favorite old linemen there. Their left tackle, the guy who's forty, he's my age, still playing. Like, is he unreal. is he playing? Is he healthy? I think so. He's going to play. Yeah, he's going to play. You have two weeks. Former Bengal. Former bank, former Andrew exactly. Whitworth. There's no way he doesn't play. I like Andrew Whitworth a lot. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, anyway, yeah, on off the field, whatever the guy is is class, and the fact that you know, I know Brady's forty, whatever, and stuff, and it's it's great. That's great. Andrew playing left tackle at that age is to me way more impressive than Brady playing quarterback. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Any any play any position player I find playing in their late thirties, early forties, a position of contact like that, like every single play, that's remarkable. I mean, that's impressive. Um, yeah, I you know he like he was with Cincinnati for years and uh, was a, was a stellar. When they lost him, that was when that was the the beginning of the decline. With the Dal- Dalton had a couple of good years with Cincinnati where they made the playoffs. When they lost Whitworth. Uh, that began the decline. So that's how important he was to Cincy when he was there. And he's been great uh, in uh, in um, Los Angeles. So no, he's that's awesome. awesome. I think their D-line, the depth of the Bengals D-line and the health of the Bengals D-line is going to kind of come into play. Their mm-hmm. D-line is very good, but mm-hmm. they were banged up, uh, I think, against the Chiefs uh, as well. So they had a couple of kind of go in and out, and then there was – there was some ten- tense moments where they weren't able to get that pressure because they didn't have mm. the rotation that they normally have, and they got to make sure those guys are there because when they're fresh, or not even fresh, but when they're on a decent rotation, mm-hmm. um, they're 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 elite. They're an elite defensive line as well. So um, I think both these defenses are. I mean, both both teams have significant offensive weapons, and their defensive have been playing extremely good. Now the Rams are playing. At the expectations, I think the Bengals are playing above expectations. That's a great analogy. That's a great call. I also think the Rams are making some big splash. Both teams are making big splash plays, like the the takeaways. I mean, those teams are getting the ball away from the other team's offense. Uh, but I think the Rams will end up making a couple of extra plays to, to get the ball, to turn the ball over, whether it's a sack, strip, strip, strip sack, or an interception, or something i mean they got that kid scott playing in the uh, as a nickel nickel corner in uh, in uh, la and he's making plays and but i will say this cincinnati it's not doom and gloom um i've been calling for their demise for since the raiders uh played them in the first one in the wild card i just didn't think they were ready for this moment i thought it was too soon but it clearly isn't and uh they remind me i, I hate i know you everyone's going to hate me for always you know comparing them to pittsburgh but they remind me of 
the 05 Steelers that beat Seattle in the Super Bowl because they went on the road and won three road games. Ben Roethlisberger's second year in the league. Burrow's second year in the league. You know, we've got a lot of parallels with those teams. Um, and then, of course, Ben's second Super Bowl, that he, was probably the worst offensive line uh, any Super Bowl team has ever won. So there's hope there, you know. And Burrow has that same kind of moxie that Ben has. Like, you know, he's, he's good and in, in he's able to scramble. He can get sacked 10 times a game. He's going to get up and sling it anyways, and he's going to keep a, a level head. So... Let's I mean, not compare the moxie that Burroughs has to anything. Ben has not done anything as cool as, as Joe Burroughs in his whole what? career. What are you talking about? Uh, Joe Burroughs has a coolness factor to him that Ben never had. I'm not talking about haircuts and, and, um, and how he looks. I'm talking about, like, you get sacked 15 times in a game and you get up and you throw a touchdown pass to win the game. That's Joe cool. I don't care how you look at it. And I not think Burrow cool has that same kind of... Same kind of moxie in him, and uh, you know how many games did, did Ben get sacked twenty times and then throw it the game-winning touchdown and looking basically look awful for three quarters, but when it mattered, that's when it happened. I thought Burrow did that against the Chiefs. I mean, you know who did sacked. that better than anybody? Tim Tebow did nothing for three quarters and then came through in the fourth, clutch. Ben and Tim twins. Okay, so. Um, I can't, t- are you frozen <laughs> with those stupid Viper glasses? Um, <laughs> um, so let's get, why don't we get to the, our, what your prediction, my prediction, then we'll get to the, some of the, uh, the prop bets that you had. Yeah. I'm just, there's a couple of points that I was going to bring up. I mean, yeah. establishing the run game is going to be important for both teams. I think the Bengals can establish Joe Mixon and, keep that defense of line from pinning their ears back all the time. I think that's going to help keep Burroughs off the, the ground. Um, yeah, I'm really fascinated actually with the, the coaching matchups uh, between uh, Taylor and McVay because he was working with him un- underneath him last year. I really think there's going to be whoever sticks to their game plan a little bit longer and doesn't mm-hmm. kind of go out of their comfort zone, just like a, a Kyle Shanahan, you know, who went away from the run game to the pass too fast because he almost mm-hmm. like thought they were going to do something and whatever. So as long as the coaches don't overthink it and get away from what their team's strengths are, I think that's going to be uh, be better for them. And then obviously in the Super Bowl, to me, it's the supporting cast, right? Everybody's got, you know, you got your focus on OBJ and Cooper Cup, but Van Jefferson, where is he going to be? You know, Cam Akers is your starting guy, but what does Sony Michelle come in to spare him? How is he going to do? Same with, mm. with the Bengals. I think Tyler Boyd's going to have a big game, and uh, so is uh, P. Ryan. It's basically, you know, who's going to be the forgotten man in the defensive scheme of the other team? You know, you're going to take away Chase. You're going to take away Higgins and make it really tough, but that means that Tyler Boyd's going to be one-on-one, or he's going to have a bit more space. And those are the guys that you see come through in the Super Bowl. So we're going to see what supporting cast is going to, going to shine. All right, on that note, I just want to get those points out, Pep. I just needed to. Mm. I got them down. Mm-hmm. I needed to. Um, do you want to get into the props? And then at the last one, you'll give us the, uh, the scores, or what do you want to do? Yeah, sure, absolutely. All right. <clears throat> now, can I bring the whiteboard in here? Probably. Like, you do whatever you want, but as long as you get off your chair. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, these are the Super Bowl props that I want you to give me. <clears throat> so, right. we got a lot of over-unders. Okay? okay. 
So let's just go through them. So we got the two quarterbacks. We got Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford. For passing yards, Joe Burrow, it's over under 278.5. I'm going to go over. You're going over? Yeah. I'm going to go under. Stafford, okay. 282 and a half. Two, what is it? 282.5. I'll go over. I think both these guys are going to have big games. I'm going to take the under as well. Uh, over or under 36 and a half attempts. That's for both quarterbacks. Over. Like not not for both quarterbacks or like each one is 36 and a half. Over. Over. I think each one will throw for 40, 40 attempts. 40 attempts. Give or take. I think I'll go over Stafford. I go under Burroughs. Uh, passing touchdowns. Joe Burroughs, one and a half. Over. Yeah, me too. And Stafford, two and a half. Over. Longest pass. Will it be over or under 38 and a half yards? Over. Over. For both teams. Oh, yeah. That's a tough one. Mix in 65 and a half yards rushing. Oof. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go under. I think uh I think LA is gonna prep for, for the run. I think they're gonna they're gonna think that the Cincinnati is gonna try to throw a curveball at him and run the ball. I think under. I think he runs under sixty five. All right. I got I'm gonna take the over. Burroughs rushing for eleven and a half yards. Over. Yeah. He's gonna have to. <laughs> I think so too. He's just gotta get out of that pocket. Yeah. Uh Cam Akers, sixty three and a half yards. Under. Uh, yeah, I'll probably go under. Stafford rushing for five and a half yards. Uh, over. I mean, these, these guys are going to get, they're going to get at him. I mean. Cooper Cup, eight and a half receptions. Ooh. Um, you know what? Receptions. Like, like Cincinnati's corners, their starting corners aren't awesome. I'm going to go, I'm going to go over. He comes out of the slot though a lot more. I got under. OBJ, five and a half. I'll go over. I, I think it's going to be – I think LA's going to throw the ball around. I can't wait to see your score. All these overs is going to be pretty <laughs> – uh, I like the under. Chase, five and a half. Over. Higgins, five and a half. Under. <laughs> uh, yeah. Longest reception. Longest reception will be made by who, do you think? Uh, I, th- I think actually, uh, the Rams will have the longest reception. Yeah. A certain player. Oh, player. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. It's gotta be a, it's gotta be a complimentary player. I'll go cup cup. Yeah. All right. I'll then just for argumentative sake, I'll take the Bengals and I'll go with, uh, Boyd. Uh, okay. And then the, uh, the real important ones, uh, will the total points be over or under 48 and a half? 24, 20, I'll go over. Man, I feel like it's going to be the under coin toss will be heads or tails. Uh, I always got to go with the tails. Tails gets the head. Will the national anthem sung by Mickey Gayton be oh. over or under 95 seconds? 
Do you remember I nailed this that one year, like to a to a second <laughs> or a millisecond? Was I was at what, your place? Wasn't a millisecond, but a yeah. second is still still. It was right impressive. on the nose. Uh, over ninety five seconds. Yeah, is that what you said? Yeah. So I that's, hope uh, not. I'm gonna say yes, but I hope not. Uh, I feel like I'm just taking all the opposites. Do you remember? <laughs> were you there? It was the. Is it the Who that has the guy that does the uh, the windmills on the the guitar? Yeah, I think so. And it was like over under. I remember we did the props, and it was over under like eight or How something. How many like rotations? That. Yeah, and we were like, <laughs> and every time we do, we were like one, two, and we're like, ah, I think that's two and a half. The three, and we're like, he's never going to do it. And then the last like ten seconds of the song, he just went was going and it was like a it was like one two three four we were all the whole crowd like everybody was watching the Super Bowl was like yeah anyway that's awesome uh, Cooper Cup's longest reception twenty eight and a half yards over under uh, over that's a long one will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage during the halftime show I don't think he's allowed or is it I mean no I'm gonna say no. Will there be a new song released by any of the artists during this halftime show? Uh, not if they want to have a complete and total riot. I mean, the whole world, everybody was who went to high school in the 90s and college, is like, that's all we're talking about. So, no. Please, no. I agree. What color will the Gatorade be that gets dumped on the winning coach? Uh, i go yellow. The yellow juice there. I'm going to go with orange. Two colors that people don't drink normally, so they'll be right. more full and they'll have it. And the last one, most important one, the winner of the Fleming's Chili Cook-Off <laughs> between Mike Dean, Curtis Fleming, Dan Dan oh. Duran, and Dave Enner will be who? I'm going to go. I got to go with Kurt because I've had his chicken masali. And it's pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> so if he's tossing a little bit of chicken masala in his, uh, in, oh, I may have given away his uh, his recipe, his sex secret recipe. I don't think he's putting chicken masala in his chili, but um, is that what it's called? It's half as good as his chicken. Chicken masala. Kurt's actually a uh, better cook than I would have. I don't know. Thought well, he, he cooks with passion. He does. He does. He cooks with passion. You know, he's I. Anyway. We had a, a question from one of the contestants asking if the appearance of the chili is one of the categories which it you get rated be. on. A thousand percent it is. And yeah. this is owed to my brother from another mother, David Azzi, was part of the first Fleming chili cook-off mm -hmm. contest during the Grey Cup years back. And he brought his chili and he probably would have won if it was on taste only. But because of his recipe, I don't know if it was Lebanese, he didn't use enough tomatoes or whatever. It kind of looked like dog food. Uh, so he <laughs> lost uh, five marks on that and brought him down to second. Otherwise, taste-wise, it was up there. Appearance, complete fail. So appearance hey. is an important part of the chili contest. I'm excited to uh, – I got a big bottle of Beano up there for all the contestants and all the judges. Awesome. Did you have something else you wanted to bring up? N not really. I just the final. I think we're gonna finish off with our final predictions. Yeah. I, no. Sorry. I thought there was something you said you wanted to spin on me, but maybe that was earlier. The, I was. I was gonna ask you about Stafford and, and if you thought he was going to get, uh, retire oh, potentially okay. after the game. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Frank, you know, I, I thought I had a lot of sounds here, but I don't have any drum roll. I gotta get a drum oh. roll next. Drum roll next time. So. Oh, good. 
Pep, your <sighs> prediction. Uh, here's my prediction. I flip flopped on this. Actually, I didn't. I, initially, I thought the Rams were, were the were going to have the edge, but the more I looked at this on paper, and the more the Bengals reminded me of Pittsburgh in 08 and 05, I think the Bengals are going to win 35 to 31, and it's going to be a close game. But the, I'll give the edge to that. Maybe the best kicker in the NFL, not named Justin Tucker. Shooter McPherson might be the difference. Even if it is a high-scoring game, it might come down to him. So I'm going to go 35-31 Bengals. All right. So the fact they win by four means it does not come down to Shooter McPherson. However, maybe not directly, but he's going to hit a lot of field goals. I think he's going to come up big for them. All right. Who do you got? I, as well, am taking the Bengals. Uh, but I'm taking it. A lot of my props are the unders. I think the defenses are going to be very tight. I think, you know, there may be some good plays there, but I think they all tighten up when they get down to the goal line, and I think um, that's going to be the difference. So I have it actually the Bengals. Actually, well, I put Brock instead of Bengals. Uh, (laughs) So Brock 20. So Bengals 20, Rams 17. So I am going with the McPherson field goal as being the winning points. Kid's good. Kid is good. Ice cold. Oh. You got to watch him on YouTube where he does that uh, Gatorade bottle spin from a field goal. It's pretty impressive. Hey, chili cook-off contestants, make sure that your your chili's warm, eh? Don't bring it cold and have to, we have to warm it up in the, uh, in the oven. Like, bring it warm. Slow cookers. That's what you bring it with. Let me know yeah. if you need buns, cheese, whatever. Anyway, we are uh, we're out, and we're excited for Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm excited for Super Bowl. I'm excited to have people over. It'll be within limitations. Don't care. It's Super Bowl. Um, I hope everybody in, gets out, enjoys themselves. Um, you know, hopefully these uh, extracurricular protests and stuff like that are uh, done by that week. Um, but anyway. I, I hope everybody enjoys it. We're going to go out to uh, well, my son's, one of his songs, Astronaut in the Ocean. It's a remix. I love this song. This is a remix version of it. Um, but I love this song. Pre-happy birthday to Kane and Jackson. Happy birthday, Min. Happy birthday, Mike Dean. Cannot wait for Super Bowl. Love everybody. Have a great evening.